Okay, so we start on that man Gimel Amadalef, and we're holding in the Gemara where it says Rav Yosef Omar. The first word on the line is Chadeti. It's about six lines from the top. So the Gemara here is discussing a concept in Mukta, as the rest of the sugi here till the end of the Pedic, and it's discussing a statement of Rav Chista. Rav Chista was talking about a case where there's a hen that's laying an egg, and Rav Chista says that you're not allowed to place a keli below the hen in order that it should uh, lay the egg inside the keli, but you're allowed to take a keli and cover an egg that was laid by a hen. So what's the difference? What's the difference if you're using the keli to catch the egg from the hen, or you're using the keli to cover the egg? So we had a pshat in the Gemara before from Rabbah, which we learned uh, before already, but now we're going to see another pshat that Rav Yosef says. Let's see inside. Rav Yosef Omar, Rav Yosef says, Haina time of the Rav Chista, this is the Pshat, and what Rav Chista was saying, Mishum de Kamevatel, Keli Mehechonek. On Shabbos, you're not allowed to take a Keli, that's a non mukta Keli, and that could be used for anything, and then use it for something which is mukta. and what happens is, now that Keli is not prepared for use anymore. It becomes designated for the mukta and can't be used. I mentioned this already in the last year, that Rashi says in two different places, two reasons for this uh, Isser. One is because it's similar to building. You're not taking a keli that was accessible and available for anything else, and you're attaching it, you're designating it to one specific thing. And in another place, Rashi says actually that it's soiser, that you're taking a keli that was accessible and available for use, and now you're designating it for this muktza thing, and it can't be used anymore. So this is an Iser Mevatel Kli Mehechonai. So this is the Pshat and what Rav Chista said. When you have a Keli that's catching an egg, so now that Keli is designated for this egg. So you not just annulled any other use. So you're not allowed to do that on Shabbos. If you're just taking a Keli and covering an egg, you could always take the Keli off if you want to use it. So you haven't taken a Keli and been Mevatel it from its accessibility and use for anything else. I just mentioned that this Pshat of Rav Yosef and this halacha here is brought in the Altarab Shukhanarach la halacha. This is we paskin according to the way of Yosef interpreted Rav Chista. The Gemara will now bring uh, a few questions. <clears throat> Some of them were mentioned also before already on Rabbi's uh, interpretation of Rav Chista. So now the Gemara is going to bring a bunch of questions on Rav Yosef's pshat and what Rav Chista said. Eisve Abaya asked the question, Chavis shall tevel, you have a barrel of tevel. So as you have a barrel, let's say, a filled of wine from that's tevel, which as we mentioned is something that Meiser wasn't taken of it. So it's, it's muktzah because you're not allowed to drink it on Shabbos. So now this barrel, Shanishparad, broke. You, try, you want to save the wine. Maybe Keli you can bring another vessel, place it under the broken barrel to catch this wine. What are you doing? You're taking a Keli that's available for use, and now you're catching this wine, which is muktzah, and now this keli, you're being mevatolit from its use that it had before. Why is it muktzah? Because it's tevel. If it's tevel, it's muktzah. So the Gemara answers, no, tevel is not necessarily going to be an issue. A malay tevel, muchanu eitzel shabbos. Tevel, even though tevel, is maiser hasn't been taken, you can't eat from shabbos, but it is considered to be muchan, prepared for use on shabbos. She'im avar v'tiknoi mesukan. Tevel, Maiser wasn't taken from. Now, are you allowed to take Maiser on Shabbos? No. But the Isser to take Maiser on Shabbos is only an Isser Midrabanon because you're fixing it, you're preparing it to eat. 
and therefore it's like you're being misak in a keli, you're preparing something, so it's an ism that are to take the meiser. That's only the chatchila. But the yavid, if you took the meiser, the meiser has been taken, it's been fixed, and it's fit to be eaten on Shabbos. So therefore, in Mavav Etikna Misukin, and that, so therefore, if you place the keli below it, it's not considered to be being mavata keli mehichonoi, because this tevel, if you're going to take the meiser, it's going to be able to be, uh, you could drink this wine if it was wine and Shabbos, so it's not mukta. Yeah. So, another place that we can bring a raya against Rav Yosef. You can place a keli under a lamp, the kabel nitzaitzis, to receive the sparks of a lamp that come out of the lamp. So over here as well, you're taking a keli that was permissible to use for anything, and you're designating it for these sparks, and now it's bottle of being used for anything else. It's being designated for the mukta. These sparks have no mamish. And therefore, it doesn't become bottle to this mukta of the nitzaitzis. You can still move around the keli for any other use, even while you put it there to catch the sparks. Another case, a question from a case which we brought before. You have a kaira shenishbara, a beam of a house that was broken. You could support it with a bench, or with the sideboards of a bed. So you're taking a bench, you're taking the sideboards of a bed, and you're using it to support the house, and it's becoming designated for that, and you're not going to be able to take it to use for anything else. Again, this is an issue of mevatel kli mehichonai, which is not, for, not, not permitted. And for the Gemara, the Rafi, he's placing the support in a way that it's loose, the iboy shakale, he could remove it. It's not going to remain permanently there. So he's not being mevatlet from its accessibility of its use. Another case, that question was asked from, you can place a keli below a leak, a water leak on Shabbos. So again, you're taking a keli that was permissible to use for everything, and here you're designating it to this water, which is mukta, and it's leaking into this keli, and now it's going to be designated for that water, and it's, uh, you're being mevatel the keli mehechonei. So how could you do this for Shabbos? And for the Gemara, we're talking about a water leak of clean water. It's clean water, which is drinkable, so therefore, this person can just take that water and drink it, and he could use, continue using the keli as he wishes. He wasn't mevatel the keli, from its use. Another case, that is, you're allowed to take a basket, turn it upside down, in order to create a uh, sort of a stool or a, a place step. for the uh, step for the young uh, birds to be able to go up and down from their nest. They can't fly, and therefore they need this sal basket to be able to get up and down from their nest. So you're allowed to turn over a basket to give them a place, a step, to go up and down to their nest. So now these are freichim, which were born on Shabbos. They're noilad. So if they're noilad, these are freichim, make the basket that they step on it also. Why do they make it also? So here there's the concept, another concept of uh, muktzah, which we will learn about in Mitzvah and this is the Gemara here is talking about this concept of muktzah, which is called a basis with davar ha'asa. If you become a base for something else, which is muktzah, for something else, which is asa, that itself is muktzah. So over here, this uh, basket, which becomes a base for these afreichim, so therefore the basket itself now also <coughs> is forbidden to, to be metaltal, to, to move around. So how... Are you allowed to take a basket which was permissible for you to use for anything? 
place it there for these young birds, and now it becomes designated for that, and you can't use it for anything else. <clears throat> so the Gemara answers, Kasavar, the Tan of this Braisa holds, Mutter letaltaloi. If the birds are not on it anymore, you're allowed to move it around only as long as the birds are on this basket. So then, because they serve as a base for the birds on it, so then you're not allowed to move the basket. But once the birds go off, it's still accessible to use. So you haven't been mevatel the keli from its use. <coughs> we learned in Abraisa, that this basket that's being used as a step for these young birds, you're not allowed to move it. So you see that it's forbidden to use. And for the Gemara, no, that's ba'oidon olov. Only when the birds are on the basket. Not when, not when the birds are not in the basket. Frek the Gemara, but Vatanya, we learned clearly in Abraisa, that once this basket is being used for these birds, even if the birds are not on it, it's also going to be also to use it. Amar Rabavo answers, that b'raisa that said that even if the birds are not on it, it's going to be forbidden to use it. And it's mukta, that's because the birds were on this basket called benashmoshes at the time of benashmoshes when Shabbos comes in. And then we have the following rule. Once it's been designated for this mukta use at the time of benashmoshes and it's not prepared for anything else, it's going to be separated from use for the entire Shabbos. This is a concept that we're going to see regarding Muktzeh, regarding various different halachas, that when it comes to Muktzeh, <coughs> you have to follow the status of the item at the time when Shabbos enters. If at the time that Shabbos enters, it was prepared for use, so then it's, it's allowed to be used on Shabbos. If at the time that Shabbos enters, it was designated for something which is Muktzeh, so then it remains Muktzeh for the remainder of Shabbos. So over here, that's the Pshad in the Braise that says that the basket is also even when the birds are not on it, because at the time that Shabbos entered, the birds were on it, and it becomes then also for the entire Shabbos. Okay, this completes the explanation and the Gemara answering all the questions of Rav Yosef on what Rav Chista said. Again, Rav Chista made the distinction when you're using a bowl for an egg that is being laid on Shabbos, whether you're using the bowl to catch the egg, or you're just using the bowl to cover the egg. But now the Gemara brings another shita. Rav Yitzchak argues with Rav Chista altogether. Over Rav Yitzchak, Rav Yitzchak says, Kishem, the Kabo Beit Sasa, just as you can't place a keli below a hen in order to receive the egg that it lays, so too you may not move a keli for the purpose to cover the egg in order not to break the egg on Shabbos. Kosovar, what's the Pshat in Rabbi Yitzchak's opinion? He holds, You may not move a non mukta item only for the purpose of a non-Muktzah thing. If you're using a non-Muktzah item for the purpose of something which is Muktzah, it's not allowed. So therefore, Rabbi Yitzchak says, there's no chiluk between catching the egg, covering the egg. You're using this keli for the purpose of the egg, which is Muktzah. You're never allowed to move a non-Muktzah item for the purpose of a Muktzah item. This is the shit of Rabbi Yitzchak, and there's no exceptions to this. Now, we don't pass him like this Rabbi Yitzchak. As I mentioned, we pass him like Rav Chista. That's uh, and, uh, according to Rav Yosef's interpretation of Rav, of, of, uh, Rav Chista, but this is Rav Yitzchak's shita. 
So now the Gemara says, Mesvei All of the questions of all of the braises that were brought before that said all kinds of cases that you're allowed to use a non-Mukta item for the purpose of a Mukta item. All those questions were asked on Rabbi Yitzchak's opinion and none of the answers that Rabbi or Rabbi Yosef gave according to their opinion applies. Rabbi is the one, if you remember, Rabbi made a distinction that it depends if you're using it to protect something which happens commonly or uncommonly. So Rabbi made that distinction. And Rav Yosef's opinion was that, yeah, that the issue that we're addressing is kli that you're taking a keli and now it's not going to be accessible for any other use. That's how he answered all those braises before. According to Rav Yitzchak, none of those svaris that we said to answer applies. Rav Yitzchak holds across the board, you're never allowed to use any keli that's not muktzeh for a muktzeh use. And we have all these cases of the braises where you see that you may. So the Gemara answers, Vishani, and he answered all of these questions, that he moved the item because he needed the place where the item was sitting on. This is a concept you find by Muktza, which we'll learn in Mitzvah Even something which is Muktza, and may not be moved on Shabbos, but if you need the space that the item is sitting on, you're allowed to move it away from that space. Once you pick it up, to make that space available for yourself and you're moving it, you don't have to immediately drop it after you moved it away from that space. You're allowed to put it down wherever you want. Even on that. Uh, so all these cases that we said before, you're going to be using um, a keli in order to catch the wine from a tevel, uh, from the tevel wine. So, or what are the cases that we have before? The, uh, the league. All these other cases. All the cases we had before is he originally picked up this keli because he needed that space. He needed that space and therefore he had to move it to make that space available for himself to use. He needs that space. Let's say he has a uh, keli that's sitting right where he's going to be having a Shabbos Suda and it's in his way. He needs that space and he's moving it away. So once he's moving it away, he may go and put it and use it even for a mukta uh, purpose. Even though we said, Yitzchak's opinion is, you're not allowed to move a non mukta item for the purpose of using it for a mukta item, but once you moved it, you're allowed to go and put it down wherever you want. Now the Gemara brings other rays over here. So we learned in Abraisa, whether an egg was laid on Shabbos, or an egg that was laid on Yom Tif. You're not allowed to move it. It's muktzeh. It's noilad. It's a new thing that's born on Shabbos and it wasn't prepared before Shabbos, so it's muktzeh. This is the concept of muktzeh that's called noilad. We learned about this before already. So you're not allowed to move it. If you want to have, if you want to use the egg itself, actually, you have a small opening in a keli and you want to use this egg to cover up a small opening, or to use an egg to lean. The legs of a bed on it. So this is a famous Rashi that says that if you get the egg in the right position, it could handle heavy weights in it. As they say, don't try this at home. I'm not sure exactly if we how to do this, but an egg could handle heavy weights. So what do we see over here? The Braise continues. You shouldn't move this egg for any purpose, but you could take a keli and cover this egg that it shouldn't break. This seems to go against what Rabbi Yitzchak said. Rabbi Yitzchak said, you're never allowed to move any non-Mukta item for the purpose of a Mukta item, including if you're just covering it. And for the Gemara, Here as well, he's moving this keli to cover the egg because he needed the space where that keli was on. 
once you're moving it for the mokayim, for l'tzayrech mokaymoy, you're allowed to go and use it also and put it down to cover the egg. Cover the... Cover the egg. To cover the egg, even though the egg is a mukta item. Toshima, the Gemara brings another case. Person, machzolois, you're allowed to spread out a mat algabe avonim b'shabes, over racks on Shabbos. So the racks, of course, are mukta. Racks are not prepared for any use, and they're mukta on Shabbos. So that's... Uh, so how could you use the mats to cover these rocks on Shabbos? According to Rabbi Yitzchok, you're never allowed to use any non-Muktza item for the purpose of a Muktza item. And for the Gemara, ba'avonim mikurzolis. We're talking about rocks that have a sharp end, the chazion le'beis that could be used to wipe oneself in the beis ha'kisei. So therefore, they're not Muktza items. Toshema, another case, parisin machzolis l'gabi levein in b'Shabbos. It says you're allowed to cover bricks on Shabbos with a mat. So you're using a mat, which is a non-Muktza item, to cover bricks, which is a Muktza item. How is that allowed, according to Rabbi Yitzchak? Answers the Gemara. You know what kind of bricks we're talking about? The Ishtayim Ibinyana. Not bricks that are designated to build with it. No, this, this is after the building is done. And I have leftover bricks. And they are not Muktza. Why not? The Chazian Lemizga Alayu. They are fit to be used to lean on them while you're eating. As we know, in those days... The custom was that people would sit and lean while they were eating, and these bricks can be used for that purpose. And therefore, they're non muktza items, and that's why you're allowed to spread the mats over them. Toshima, <clears throat> the Gemara brings another raya against Rabbi Yitzchok. And in this b'raise here, the Gemara is going to have a little bit of a longer discussion about it. <clears throat> so we learned in the b'raise, You can take a mat and cover a beehive with it on Shabbos. During the summer, that's the way uh, the simple pshat of this b'raiser reads. During the summer, for, to protect it from the sun, and during the winter and the rain season, to protect it from the rain. So you're allowed to cover it on Shabbos. Only that the person should not have the intention to trap the bees inside of it, because then there's a malach of tzedah. Trapping on Shabbos. If you're not trapping the bees inside, if you're not having that kavana to trap the bees inside, then it's okay to use the machzeles to cover this beehive. So over here we see again, the bees inside the beehive are not prepared for your use on Shabbos. They're mukta, And you're taking a machzeles, which is a non mukta item. It's a dover hanitel. And you're using it for a dover she'ena nitl. You're using it for a, for a mukta item. So how is this allowed according to Rav Yitzchak? Answers the Gemara HaChavimayaskin on the Ikedvash. This beehive has honey in it, and the honey is prepared for your for your use. It's food that you can eat on Shabbos, so therefore you can cover uh, you can cover it with a mat because it's not muktzah. That's well understood if you're talking about the summertime when there is honey there inside the beehive. The ekedvash, there's honey, but b'maysak shamim in the winter when the bees don't produce any more honey and you already removed all the honey at the end of the summer. The lekedvash, there's no more honey left. Ma'ikelameimar, what is there to say? So you're not, you're not covering any honey inside this beehive. How could you move the mat to cover it on Shabbos? Answers the Gemara lenitzracha eloloisan shtei chalois. There are two uh, honeycombs that a person leaves there even over the winter for the bees to eat from it during the winter. So there is some honey left there even over the winter. And that's why you're allowed to use the mat to cover it. But that honey is not designated for you to eat. 
they are there designated for the bees to use. So if so, it's not prepared for you to use. And it's, even the honey there is also mukta. So how could you use the mat to cover it? Answers the Gemara, the chosh of alayu. We're speaking about a case where the person did think before Shabbos that he planned on using those two honeycombs for himself, for his own personal use, to eat from it. So therefore, it's not mukta anymore. Frek the Gemara, so now what would this mean? If he did not plan on using those two honeycombs that are left there in the winter. My, what's going to be the din? Osir, he's not allowed to cover it with a mat. Ihochi, if so. Ho, the toni, this that it says in the safe of this b'raise. Ubulvachi, loyiskaven, lotzod, that do not have the intention to, to trap the bees, and then you can't use the, the mat to cover them. Why does it have to make that as a distinction? Live like velisni bidida. If the Tana is looking to make a distinction, when you may cover it with a mat, and when you, when you may not cover it with a mat, it doesn't have to say that you may not cover it only because of the problem of the Molochah of Tzedah. Right over here, looking at this subject of using a non mukta item, a mat, to cover it, you can make a distinction right in this point itself. When could you use the mat to cover this beehive in the winter when the leftover honeycombs you had intended to eat from it and therefore they're not mukta? But if you did not plan on eating from those honeycombs, also, then it's forbidden for you to use the mat to cover it because then the honeycombs over there are mukta. So you're not allowed to use the machzelas to cover it on Shabbos. So why didn't the braise? Make this distinction clearly. So the Gemara answers, Ha kamash This price is coming to say another Chiddush, a bigger Chiddush. That even if the person did intend to eat from these honeycombs, so it's not Moktza. So as far as Moktza is concerned, there's no issue to use a mat to cover the, the, the beehive because inside there's honey that's not Moktza. But it will vachalei the only time that it will be a problem in such a case when there's no issue of mukta is if you're going to trap the bees and then there's an issue of tzedah. That was the chiddush that the Tana wanted to teach us. Okay, so this is the pshat and the b'raise. It fits with Rabbi Yitzchak. You're using a mat, which is a non-mukta item, to cover the beehive and there's honey inside both in the summer and in the winter and therefore that's also not mukta, so there's no issue. But now the Gemara is going to examine this b'raise further and say as follows, Mani, who is this Braise's, uh, uh, whose opinion is this Braise following? E Shimon, are we following Rab Shimon's opinion? Lesley Muktzah. Mm. In such a case, Rab Shimon does not hold of Muktzah. Now the Gemara is going to bring up the Machlekes of Rab Shimon and Rab Yehuda quite often regarding the concept of Muktzah. We're going to have it soon in the next Mishnah. And we learned this already before. Rab Shimon did not hold many cases of Muktzah. <clears throat> Here is one of them. It's not that Rab Shimon never holds Muktzah. But over here, regarding the honeycombs, even if these honeycombs, the person did not plan on eating them, but the honey in the honeycombs that are left there in the winter are fit for use. A person could eat them. So according to Rab Shimon, even if he didn't plan on eating them before, it's still fit for use. So therefore, Rab Shimon does not hold of mukta at all. And if it goes according to Rab Yehudim, Okay, so again, let me, let me go over this again. So according to Rab Shimon, it's not necessary for us to say that he planned on using the honey in the honeycombs. It doesn't make a difference. He doesn't have to plan. As long as there is honey inside that is fit for human consumption, it's not going to be mukta. 
So, that, so it's not according to Rab Shimon, the way we interpreted this Braisa. And if we're going to say that this Braisa follows Rabbi Yehuda's opinion that says that in such a case it will be mukta only if the person had planned to eat the honey, then the honey is not mukta but otherwise the honey sitting there that's used for the bees in the winter, it's going to be mukta So if we're going to say that this Braisa is following Rabbi Yehuda's opinion, so now let's turn to the safe of the Braisa. What did it say in the safe of the Braisa? Do not place the mat over it with the intention to trap the bees. So now the Gemara says, Even if he does not have the intention to trap the bees, Why should it be permitted? Rabbi Yehuda's opinion is, if you do a malacha, and the malacha is done, although you had no intention the malacha should be done, it's still asr. This is the, we had this yesterday, we had this many, many times, the argument between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon regarding a dover she'ein miskaven. Rabbi Yehuda's opinion is, even if you have no kavana, there's still an issue. So how could the Bryce say that as long as you don't have kavana to trap, it's okay? Answers the Gemara, Lo'elam Rabbi Yehuda, really this Bryce follows the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, and therefore when it comes to mukta, the honey inside the honeycombs in the winter are going to be mukta unless you planned on eating that honey. So we are following Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. Barubuvad Shaloi Yiskavan Lotzud. What does this mean? Shalayasena Kimitsuda. We're not discussing the kavan of the person. It's not only with the kavana that it's going to be Yasser. Rabbi Yehuda holds even without kavana, it's going to be Yasser. What the Braisa means, the way you cover it with the mat. Don't cover it in such a way that it should end up trapping it. What should you do? The Lishboik Luhurvacha, leave some open space. So that the bees inside should not be trapped. If they want to go out, they could go out. So they shouldn't become automatically trapped inside. That's what the Braise is saying. The way you cover it. Don't cover it all the way and from all sides that the bees shouldn't be able to get out. And then it's going to be a malach even if you had no kavana to trap it. Leave it a little open so the bees could come out. Okay, this completes the first pshat that the Gemara has in this Braise. Now, Rav Ashi is going to say a second shot. Going back to the question the Gemara had before, in the summer you have honey and the honeycombs that people eat, and therefore you're covering it with a mat, and the honey inside is not mukta. But in the winter, there's no honey there. So if there's no honey, it's just the bees inside, so you're using a mat to cover the, to cover the, the beehive, and it's mukta. So how are you allowed to do that on Shabbos, according to Rav Yitzchok? So Rav Ashi gives a completely different interpretation of the Braise. Does it say in the Braise the words be mice, which would mean in the days of the sun, in the days of rain, meaning in the winter and in the summer? It doesn't say that. What does it say? Meaning, if the sun is shining, you want to cover the mat to protect it from the heat of the sun, and if it's raining, to protect it from the rain. Katani, that's what it says. What does this mean? We're talking about a Nisan time, which we're in now, which is the spring, or we're talking about Tishrei time, which is the fall. The It could rain, it could there could be sun, but both in the spring and in the shamim, and then the There's also honey available in the uh, beehive 
both in the summer and in the spring, that is, and in the fall, there is honey there. So there's no question that in B'maysak Shamim, there's no uh, honey there. We're talking about the fall, when there is still honey there inside the beehive, or the spring, when there still is honey there. That's the second shot in this B'raisa. Now the Gemara says, Go and tell Rav Yitzchak, Rav Hone already said, interpreted like your pshat, like your halacha in Babel. Because Rav Hone also said, <coughs> If you have to put up a, a partition, a mechitza, for a dead body, so you could only do that if you're putting up the partition for a live person. So you're, you're moving the partition for the purpose of a live person, so you're doing uh, it for something that's not muktzah, for the purpose of a live person that's not muktzah. But you can't take a mechitze and move it for the purpose of a mace, because the to body of a, to protect the mace. The body the of the mace is muktzah. So again, this follows so what Rav Sheish is saying is, what Rav Hone is saying, it, it follows what Rav, Yitzchok said, what Rav Yitzchok said, yes, that you're not allowed to move a non-mukta item for the purpose of a mukta item. So over here, you're not allowed to move uh, any cloth or whatever it is to create a mechitza for a mace, which is a mukta item. Okay, so the Gemara, the Gemara explains <clears throat> how this is done. What does it mean that you're going to make the partition you're going to make a mechitza to protect the mace from sun, as we'll see in a moment, and you're doing it b'shvil hachai, for the purpose of a live person. If you have the body of a mace that's lying in the sun, and the sun is, a, is, is, is going to affect the body in not, not in a good way, so you want to move it away from there. So what do you do? You're not allowed to move the mace on Shabbos directly because it's mukta. And you want to cover it from the sun, so but you're also not allowed to cover it uh, with the, with the, the mechitza as we just said, because you're using a non mukta item for the purpose of the mace, which is mukta. So what do you do? Bam shnei b'nei Two people come v'yoshvim b'tzidoi and sit on the two sides of this mace. Chamlem l'mata. So they sit down on the ground near the mace. Now chamlem l'mata. It gets hot on the bottom because the ground was is hot from the sun. So one will bring a bed and sit on it, and the other one will bring a bed and sit on it, so it shouldn't be hot sitting on the ground. Then, it's going to be hot that the sun is beating on them. So they bring a mat, and they spread it over themselves, and they also spread it over the, the body of the dead person. And then, this one will uh, stand up the bed in order that the uh, mat should, should be supported by this bed. Then he slips out and he leaves. And the other one picks up the bed to support the mat. And he slips out. And now the mechitza that was made for the two people that are alive and they were able to do this for themselves, you have it made for the mace. So you're only allowed to make it for the chai and then it's, it's there available for the mace. But to make it directly for the mace is not allowed. 
Taisvis over here says, and this is brought in Shulchan Aruch this way as well, that this whole spiel, the Gemara says there, that it's hot, and they sit, and they're there. It's, it's not just um, Stam uh, being a, using descriptive terms to describe how, it's, this is actually how it has to be done. You have to do it in a way that it's clear. You have to at least demonstrate that you're doing it for the chais. It's down, it's hot, and he has to bring the bed. Then it's, it's still hot, the sun is shining him in. It has to be clear that he's doing it for the chai and not for the mace. Itman, now we learned an argument, Mace, now the Gemara till he told the Mishnah and the next Ahmed is going to discuss the halacha regarding a Mace. What do you do about moving him to another place? Mace, Hamutl Bahama, the body of a dead person lying in the sun, and you want to move him. So what do you do? Rav Yudah Amashmuel says, You can roll him from one bed to another bed. So you're indirectly moving him away. We had this before already, that you're allowed to place a, a loaf of bread or a child on the mace, and then a metal toy. Then you could move the mace because there's a non-muktza item that you're moving. Now, usually this is not permitted. This is not a heter for muktza. When you have a non-muktza item, just to place, uh, when you have a muktza item, that is, just to place a non-muktza item on it and move it. But over here, for the covered mace, they allow this to be done. And this is something to, to mention, that this whole Gemara here is all talking about specifically if it's for the purpose of Kovet HaMais. But, as the Alter Rebbe brings the Shulchan Aruch, if you're just trying to move the maze because there's a Kayin that wants to come into that area, you're not allowed to do it. Because that's just for the comfort of the Kayin, to be able to enter there. If it's being done for the Kovet HaMais, so then you have this Heter. So the Gemara continues and says, if you do have a loaf of bread or a child that you can place on the mace and then move the mace that way, nobody's going to argue that that's, a, that's something that's allowed. There's no loaf of bread, there's no child there, so you can't move the mess in that way. So, so one opinion over here is that moving the mace indirectly, rolling it from one bed to another, that is included in the Isser of Muktza. It's also considered the Isser to move indirectly something which is Muktza, and therefore you may not do that. And the other opinion is, no, if you're moving a Muktza item indirectly, so then it's uh, allowed to be done on Shabbos. That's the Machleikus here. Shall we say that this machlokes of Rav and Shmuel regarding moving a muktza item indirectly is also a machlokes tanoim, because we learned as follows in a brayse: If a fire breaks out and you have the body of a dead person there, so you want to move him to save him from the fire, so you're not allowed to save him. You are allowed to move and save the dead body from the fire. So the Gemara questions this argument here. What are they talking about? If you have a loaf of bread or a child that can be placed on top of the mace and move him that way, my time at the Tanakama. Why did the Tanakama say that in such a case you can't move the mace to save him from the fire? If there is no kicker or tinnik to move the mess that way, so there might time that Rabbi Yudaben Lakish. How does Rabbi Yudaben Lakish say that you're allowed to move the mace to save him from the fire? Elalav. So therefore the Gemara concludes, don't you think? The case over there is, you're going to move him indirectly to roll him from one bed to another. The Marasava tiltal minatzat shmei tiltal. So the Tanakama says, even moving it indirectly is also also because of muktzeh. 
No, you're moving him indirectly and that's not a problem. So the Gemara answers, no, 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 this case is different. Here there's a fire. Everybody will hold moving a Mokta item indirectly is usher because of Mokta. Behind the time of the Rabbi Yudim Lakish, the reason why Rabbi Yudim Lakish says that by a case of a fire, you're allowed to move the mace, <clears throat> because a person is very distressed that he has the, the, the mace that's there, he doesn't want it to get burnt in the fire, if you're not going to permit the Isser of Mukta in this case, he's going to come to put out, extinguish the fire. So in this case, Chachamim suspended their Isser of Mukta because they know how distressed a person is because of the fire that's burning and therefore they allowed the Mukta to be done in this way. We pass in like this regarding a mace that when there's a fire, you're allowed to move the body away from the fire. Chacham suspended their Isra of Mokta. All this is not Mirshus Lirshus. Right, oh, that's a whole different Allah. We're going to learn that later in Mitzhashem and Mesech Shabbos. About taking out Rishusarabim is Asr, taking out Takarmalis is Mutter. So, yeah, yeah, just to move him from one place to another out of the fire. Yeah, within the Rishus Ayachid. Those halachas we're going to learn later in Mitzvah Shem. But let me just point out that the conclusion of the Gemara here is the Kula Alma Tiltul Menatzat Shmei Tiltul. So Teisus here says, and it's brought in the Altareb Shulchanarach, that we paskin when it comes to anything that's Muktzeh, it's not only Muktzeh to move it by touching the item directly, but even if you're moving it indirectly with your hands, like something on a bed, and you're moving it like with your hands by moving something else that moves it, it's also not allowed. Tiltul menatzad is part of muktzeh. There's another kind of thing regarding muktzeh, which is tiltul kalaachayad, when you're doing it with a shinoi. That's a different story. That's not what we're talking about over here. Over here, we're talking about moving it indirectly. Like over here, rolling the maze from one bed to another. You're not doing it with a shinoi. You're rolling him from one bed to another without a shinoi, but it's indirectly because you're not touching the maze. The halacha is the concept of muktzeh applies even when it's indirectly. Okay, the Gemara finishes off with one more short thing on the Mishnah that we learned before. So it was talking about a lamp that there was oil dripping from it on Shabbos, and it said, You may not have any hana of that oil that's dripping out of the lamp, because that oil is not prepared for use on Shabbos, it was designated for the lamp, which is Muktzah. The leftovers of oil that there is in a lamp or in a, in a bowl that was a, a fire burning, that you had a, la- a nair burning there. Also, you're not allowed to use it on Shabbos because it's been designated for the lamp. And once it's designated for the lamp, when Shabbos enters, this goes back to the concept that we just learned, that you have to look at what the status of this oil was when Shabbos entered. When Shabbos entered, it was designated for the lamp, and therefore even if the fire extinguishes on Shabbos, you may not have any anah from this leftover oil. Rab Shimon Mater. However, Rab Shimon says, once the, uh, the fire goes out, now it's not uh, burning anymore, so you're allowed to use that leftover oil. And we'll see more about this opinion of Rab Shimon as we continue in the Gemara over here, in the Mishnah and in the next part of the Gemara, it discusses it more. So this is another case where we see that Rab Shimon is lenient when it comes to Muktzeh. Only if there's a fire actually burning, you're not allowed to use the oil. But once the fire goes out, now you're allowed to use it. Okay, the next Mishnah will discuss the Halacha of Muktzeh Machmas Mius. When you have something that's very repugnant, 
and you weren't planning on using it for any permissible use on Shabbos, so it's not prepared for any use on Shabbos, so therefore it's mukta. It's, it's, been, it's been separated and can't be used on Shabbos because of the meals, because of it's repugnant. And there's a machlaikis about this kind of a mukta as well. So the Mishnah says, Metaltolin ner chodosh. You're allowed to move a new earthenware candle. That's what we're talking about here. And the point is, you have this new earthenware uh, lamp, and it wasn't yet used. So because it wasn't yet used, so it can be used for any other kind of a uh, purpose on Shabbos. Once, since it wasn't used yet, there's no, it's not repugnant at all. You can use it maybe uh, to place food in it. You can use it to store something in it, whatever. So you can use this ner chadash, which wasn't ever yet used before. Once you have this lamp that was used to make a, to, to burn a candle in it, to burn a flame in it, then it becomes repugnant, it becomes dirty and then black, and then you, you, can't, you can't use it anymore since the person wasn't planning on using it because it's mios, so therefore it's muktzah and Shabbos. This is the opinion of the Tanakama, and this is the concept of muktzah machmas mios. Rabshimin, this is another case where Rabshimin is lenient regarding Muktza. He does not hold of this entire concept of Muktza Machmasmias. Rabshimin says, Call Metaltalin. You can take any lamp, whether it was once used before, whether it was not used before, you could always use it and move it on Shabbos. There's no issue of it being Mios that you weren't planning on using it. If you have a lamp that there's a fire actually that was burning in it, you, you, you lit it for Shabbos and there's a fire burning it on Shabbos, so then, because the lamp is burning there, so now this is Muktza Machmas Isser. There's an Isser because of the lamp that's burning there, so then you're not allowed to, uh, to move it, to use it, to take anything from it on Shabbos. And the Gemara later will discuss why that is. We'll see. I mean, Rashi over here says the reason is because you might extinguish the candle, but it's not so simple. We'll see later on in the Gemara what the reason is. Now, the Gemara brings a Braise that will bring various opinions about this Allah here. Ton Rabbanon, we learned in a Braise, Metaltolin, Ner, Chodosh, Avaloi Yoshon. You can move a new lamp that hasn't been used yet, and therefore it can be usable for anything, and therefore it's not moktzah, but not a lamp that's old and has been used and has become repugnant. It's mios. This is the opinion of Rabbi Huda, which is the Tanakama of our Mishnah that we just learned, the concept of moktzah machmas mios. Rabbi Meir doesn't hold of this concept of moktzah machmas mios. Call haneris metaltalin, all lamps could be moved around, they're not mukta, old or new. Besides a candle that a fire has been lit, a, a lamp that is, that a fire has been lit in it for Shabbos. So if the fire is has been lit in it for Shabbos, so then it becomes mukta machmas iser because of the flame of the candle that's burning there, which is aser, so therefore it's mukta machmas iser. Now, the opinion of Rab Meir is, even after that flame goes out, still it's going to remain mukta. If, if the fire was lit there before Shabbos and it was burning on Shabbos, so then it's mukta. Rab Shemim goes a step further. That all lamps, all new, if there's no fire burning there, even if it becomes ma'os because it was used already, is permitted. Not only that, even a lamp that you lit in it and it was burning on Shabbos, but only while the candle is burning, then it's also to move. 
Kofsa, but once the flame goes out, then you're allowed to move it around. So yes, yeah, so this is the leniency of Rab Shemin, that the Muktza only applies while the candle is there. When the candle is not burning anymore, so now it's fit for any use, and therefore it's allowed to be used on Shabbos. Again, the concept here is Rab Shemin does not subscribe to this Iser of Migu Diskatsoi Bebein Hashmoshes, that we don't look at the status of the item when Shabbos enters. We have to look at the status of the item right now. If there's a, a flame burning there, so then it's also to be used, it's mukta. The flame went out, so then it's, it, it's fit for use, so the mukta doesn't apply anymore. Now the Vraisa continues. If you have a cup, a plate, a shoshis, a lantern, you should not move them from their place. The Gemara will soon explain what this line in the Braise means and according to whose opinion it's going. We'll see. Now, Rabbi Yezab, Rabbi Yezab, Rabbi Shimon is even more lenient than his father. He says, You can use the oil of a lamp when it's going out. While you, when you see that the lamp is mamish going out already, you're already allowed to go and use the oil. If you have oil that's dripping out of a lamp, you're allowed to use that oil even while the fire is still on burning. Now, even while it's still burning. So he's even more lenient when it comes to Muktzah than his father. And that's what Abaye points out now. Omar Abaye, Rabbi Yezab Rab Shimon, Rabbi Yezab Rab Shimon agrees to his father in one point of Polygaleh B'chada, but he argues on his father regarding another point. He agrees to his father regarding one point, the Lesley Muktzah. He does not subscribe to the concept of Muktzah, Machmas Mius, and he does not subscribe to the concept of Muktzah once the fire is extinguished. But he argues in him on another point, the in only when it's totally extinguished, then you could use the oil, then you could move it. But the Iusava, even if it did not yet extinguish, it's, you see it's going out. Once you see it's going out, or once you see the oil is dripping out of the candle, you're allowed to use that. You're allowed to move that. Okay, now the Gemara goes to the line in the Braise which I mentioned before, is not clear what it's doing there. Avol, kois, vekaira, if you have a cup, that, uh, a, a cup, or a kaira, or a shoshis, lo yazizam imekaimam. You should not move them for the place. So, in other words, if a person lit a candle in a cup, or in a kaira, in a big plate, or in a shoshis, a lantern, you should not move them from their place. Maishnahani, what's the difference with these? Why shouldn't you move them from their place? In other words, the point is that Bryce is saying you're not allowed to move them from their place even after the fire goes out. Still, you shouldn't move them from the place. Why not? It seems like this is following Rab Shimon's opinion. According to Rab Shimon, once the fire went out, you should be allowed to move them. Omar Ola, so Ola says, Seife Asan Rabbi Yehuda. This line is actually following Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. It goes back to Rabbi Yehuda that says that even after the fire goes out, since when Shabbos entered, the fire was on, so therefore you're not allowed to move in on Shabbos. Maskeflo Marzutre. So Marzutre asks a question. How could you say it goes according to Rabbi Yehuda? Ihochi, if it follows Rabbi Yehuda's opinion, my avol. Why does it say the word avol? Avol sounds like it's a continuation of Rabbi Shimon's opinion. This is Rab Shimon's pshat. Rab Shimon's opinion, that is. When does Rab Shimon say that once the fire goes out on a lamp, 
that now it's not mukta anymore, bener zuta. When you have a small lamp that has oil that's going to burn for a shorter period of time. The daite ilave, from when Shabbos comes in, his mind, in his mind, he's thinking that this lamp is going to go out sometime during Shabbos and he's planning on using it. So therefore, once the fire goes out, it's not mukts anymore. Avalhani denefishi, but you have a cup filled with oil, you have a, a plate or a lantern where there's a lot of oil in it, and in his mind he's thinking, this is going to burn all Shabbos. So he removed his mind of it all Shabbos. Here, Rab Shimon will agree that even after the fire goes out, it still remains mukts. But we learned in Abraise, Moisar Hashem Shebenevishabekaira, leftover oil in a lamp or in a kaira. In a plate, there's a lot of, seemingly we're talking about the plate, that there's a lot of oil, still it's osser. The Tanakhama says it's osser, that is. But Abshimen matter. But Abshimen says it's mutter. So here we see that according to Abshimen, even if there's a lot of oil there, and the person was expecting it to burn all Shabbos, and it went out before, it's still going to be mutter. And for the Gemara, hosam kaira dum over there, when it mentions the kaira, the plate, since it's mentioning it together with the lamp, so it's similar to the lamp. Similar to the lamp, which is small, this is also small. When it says the kaira is forbidden, we're talking about a kaira that's similar to a cup, which is large enough to have a lot of oil, and he was thinking that it's going to burn all Shabbos. So therefore, Rabshima says, even after it goes out, it's going to be Osir. Okay, we'll stop over here. Continue with Shem, the Gemara tomorrow. Great to everybody at Slocha and everything.